Raising children is a full-time job, and that's why we've called this podcast Parent 24-7. In this ongoing series of podcasts, we'll be unpacking all the issues that affect parents in South Africa. We are here today on Parent 24's podcast to talk to Rushka Lee Pedro, a family law mediator and founder of Minor Impact, about teenagers and their changing moods. Um, and I'm Elizabeth Mamakos. Hi, Rushka. Welcome to the studio today. What do you have to tell us about teens and their changing moods? Because I do remember myself as a teen. <laughs> we <and> all do. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever want to go back there. We all do, yeah. And as the parent of two children who are still young, I'm already dreading those teen years. I try and carry with me, though, how I felt as a teenager so mm. that I can sort of have insight into their perplexing minds. But I'm not sure if I'm going to manage this very well. Tell us, give us some advice. <laughs> no problem. Thank you, Elizabeth, for, for having me. Yes, so um, everybody has this anxiety of the pending teen years. And the reality is is that not all teens have the the terrible teens because they, they're sort of going through this growth spurt, figuring out themselves and learning about uh, the newness of it all and the emotions are a little bit and the hormones are all over the all over the show but it's just a it's just a case of preparing I think and how you can do that is just by observing being a hundred and ten thousand percent present with your with your kids from day one um, and just kind of seeing if they if they're starting to show some curiosity about about um, older child things, different fashions. They want to watch different shows on TV and, and just being um, in the background and watching them uh, live their lives. One of my favorite parenting uh, quotes, pieces of advice, is that if you don't listen to your children's problems, stories, etc., when they're small, if you don't listen to their small issues, when they're older, they won't tell you their their bigger issues. So mm. if you don't listen to their small issues, they won't tell you their big issues later. 100%. So yes, it might be difficult maybe to listen to your son explain his rock collection over and over. <laughs> um, but that that boy as a teenager might then actually come to you when he has a girlfriend problem or something that you really actually need to be involved in. 100%. There is uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of times where the, the, the teen doesn't feel comfortable with speaking about anything to the parent because the parent is lame or you know they don't want to speak about these things they'd rather speak to a friend or a sibling or whatever the case may be but to keep that level of trust that if there is an issue and they and they don't want to fair enough they 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 might not feel comfortable speaking about this particular thing to you then it's kind of your job to find somebody who they are comfortable with uh, somebody that you are comfortable with them speaking to, whether it be a professional, whether it be a family member or whatever the case may be, that will give your teen sound advice and you know that this person is perfectly capable of doing that, then that's what we need to do. Because aren't the teen years also a, a transition time when the, the child is finding themselves, finding who they are, discovering the identity and all of that? And it, it's a tricky out there, right? Mm. especially now, yes. I understand. Yes. Um, and they're breaking away from you as their parent. That's that's biologically what they're designed to do at that time. Mm -hmm. But we don't live in a in a society now where teenagers are safe out there when they mm -hmm. can go and just 
find themselves they they need to be uh, protected 100% so in that in that aspect you know you can't sit with them every minute of every day while they're on social media you just need to put the measures in place to make sure that they aren't exposed to what they don't need to be exposed to there are countermeasures that you can take online firewalls and protection that you can you know install in your home um any like sort of dodgy websites or any dodgy words or whatever the case may be you can actually block them from from entering that site or having um, them exploring and it, it can actually block it and then you'll get a notification so it's like little things like that because um, you know teenagers are curious and they will push the envelope as far as they as they can and it's just a matter of you have to be one step closer you're not always gonna be but uh, just to put the provision in place as far as you can to just kind of protect them as as much as possible so these these teens they're they're pushing the boundaries mm. they're exploring mm. they're on social media which we know is not always safe mm. but on that topic surely soon enough they're going to discover these things anyway which is what i've been told by someone recently who mm. said what mat- what does it matter if they're exposed to these things now they they're going to discover it sooner or later mm. but we know that that that's being exp- <laughs> Being exposed to certain things as teenagers actually can be damaging to their brains. Do you have some insight into why they, they should be protected quite quite intensely, even as 15, 16, 17, when mm. we think 18, when we think that they're really old enough? Um, they, they actually aren't old enough to cope with some of what is online, for example. Yes. What, what, is, what is that? Like, what are the dangers there? So a developing brain is... When, it, when, it, when it's exposed to something that it doesn't... that is not mat- maturely ready for it can be damaging later on because they will associate this sort of adulty thing or this horror film or whatever the case may be they they're being exposed to it too soon will actually be damaging and they'll have this resistance towards it as they as they get older or they'll develop some sort of dare i say trauma um, about this particular thing that they were exposed to too soon. A developing brain is is one that needs to be handled with care. So we should stay quite close to our teenagers mm. and keep a close eye on them. But yes. we know teenagers not, do not, not want close. that. Yeah. So how do we juggle that one? So there is no hard or fast rule. Everybody is, uh, every family, every teenager is their own uh, and the, and it works on their own merits. So there is no black and white rule about that. You just have to play it by ear and trust that what you've done thus far, provided you've done your due diligence as a parent, is is good enough in in terms of of guiding your teen and guiding your parents, teaching them right from wrong, um, trusting their gut instinct, which is which is which is a, is a big one for me because if it if it doesn't feel good, then it's not good. Um, to just kind of trust your instincts and just go with it. So what happens if you, as a parent now, for any number of reasons, have, have you don't have a great relationship with your teenager? You've, the bonds are not as strong as you'd mm-hmm. like or they've been broken because of, um, for example, perhaps a, a separation, a divorce. Um, if you're co-parenting, you don't see your child as often as you'd like. That mm-hmm. happens, unfortunately. Or if they live mm-hmm. in, in a... In a um, in a boarding school, that happens quite a lot too. And you don't see your teen as often as you'd like. How do you remain that relationship? How do you rebuild rebuild that relationship now? Okay, you find 
points of interest, mutual interest. So it's very hard for, for a teenager because they like cars one day, then they like horrors the other, you know, the next. And it's just a matter of finding that common ground and exploring it a little bit more, but together, learning about it, finding out what their interests are and you showing interest in their world will kind of, you know, pull the, the walls down a little bit and just being present as, as far as you can and be interested in what they interested. Like you mentioned the, the rock collection um, as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a toddler. And being a teen is just another level of being a toddler. They throw tantrums. Um, they want to do what they want to do. They lost with their emotions and all of that. It's just a, um, a toddler on, an, on a different level. So you showing them that you are there and that you are present can make a, a, a world of difference. Sometimes it's not even having to say the right thing. It's just a, a matter of being there. Uh, you know, you're available for a hug at any time or you're available to, you know, as a shoulder, but no words are, are, are needed um, at some some instances. So it's really just as simple as, as, as it would be when you were sitting on the floor with your toddler building a tower of bricks. Well, nothing is simple <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> kids, firstly. Um, yes, it's actually just being there, being present, not being on your phone, not being behind your laptop, um, you know, not being with your friends or whatever the case may be, actually being with them, doing stuff that they want to do. There's no point in you forcing your, your child to help you in the kitchen when they, you know, they don't, they don't have cooking skills, nor are they interested in cooking. So that's not bonding. And, and back in the day, that's how we kind of, you know, how our parents bonded with us. You have to, girls have to be in the kitchen helping, you know, mum, and the boys have to be out in the garage cleaning the cars, whatever. Um, it's just a matter of finding what they are interested in and expanding on that, showing your interest in their world. I suppose that doesn't actually sound that difficult at all, really. Well, <laughs> try it, and then we'll, we'll, then we'll talk. So if, if that doesn't help, then you just you move on to the next thing, and you try and um, expose them to as much as possible. So, for example, if um, I, I had a, a client that absolutely, absolutely loved food, okay, and and to work in, in to create food and... and, and, and Baking, you know, all these nice cakes for, for people and finding out what their, their kids like and, you know, making all of that. She didn't have the personality for it because she was such an introverted person. So we had to sit and we had to actually um, figure out what, what she would actually like to do in food. And now today she's studying to be a food technician. So it's in the back. It's sorting out, uh, you know, whatever uh, ingredients is needed for this particular thing. And she is loving life. So it's just a matter of not just one avenue. You have to actually sit and kind of dissect it a little bit more. And that's, uh, that's, that, that's what parenting is all about at the end of the day, to, to kind of get to a place where... It's okay if something breaks, and it's how we fix it. How are we going to fix it? It boils down to, to paying attention and being present. Being present, 100%. Well, thank you, Rushka. Thank you for sharing with us today. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Parent24's podcast with me, Elizabeth Mamakos. 
sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with the latest parenting news and information and more podcasts like this one. If you have a topic you'd like to suggest, please get in touch with us. Our details are in the notes below. 